If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. This is the Happy Half Hour, and I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited you're here. Every week on Wednesdays, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. But on this show, on Fridays, we do things a tad different because my Wednesday shows are so conversational. I don't get enough time with my guests to talk deeply about specific things. Um, And so in a nutshell, that's what the Friday show is. So guests that you have already heard from, that you know and you love, they return to answer some very specific questions. And so today I am joined by my friend, Jenny Allen. Hi, Jenny. Hey, Jamie. It's always fun to have Jenny. Jenny has been on the show already before. You were guest number 12, which is crazy because just Wednesday we released episode number 128. Wow. That's insane. It's insane. And then you are also one of my very first happy half hour guests. So you've done one of these 30 minute shows. You are number four. So if you haven't listened to either one of those, go back and listen. Before I talk to Jenny, I want to thank the partner for this show, and that is Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. So Prep Dish, what they do is they make our lives easier. That's the bottom line. Every week, you receive an email that contains a grocery list plus instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time, and then you spend about two to three hours meal prepping on Sunday afternoon, Wednesday morning, whatever works for you, and then you have meals for the rest of the week. Cool. Not only is it amazing, I know, not only is it amazing time saver, but the meals are delicious, like smoky paprika chicken legs with roasted carrots. I could never do that on my own. And right now, Prep Dish is offering the listeners a special rate of $4 for the first month. So basically, you're going to spend a dollar and someone's going to tell you what to do. And that's my favorite <laughs> thing in life. So, so true. <laughs> that is so true. Um, go to prepdish.com slash happy hour, all lowercase for your trial. Um, thank you, Prep Dish. And welcome, Jenny. Yeah, great to be here. Well, Jenny, you and I have both um, been together like the past two weekends at different things. First of all, you had the fourth if gathering. And um, I think I heard you maybe publicly or privately say it was one of your favorites. Am I making that up? No, it's true. It was was my favorite. I think because we're growing up, I think we're finding more and more of what God wants us to, to do. And we're able to accomplish that in a clear way. And, you know, we just we just started off obeying God and we had no idea what it would become. And so there's definitely been a lot of just hanging on for a wild ride. And now as it matures, we mature with it. And I'm just grateful. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can enjoy it more. I feel like I, I see God working through it in unique ways where before it was just, you know, as exhilarating, it was, it was just very wild (laughs) the first few years. I think, I think that even though some people may not be putting on, you know, a great big gathering for women, but I feel like that's in a lot of things. When we start things like the beginning, a lot of times we just kind of, we jump in and we have all kinds of like excitement and crazy and it's just, it's amazing. And then as you grow, you kind of start to 
narrow down kind of where you think you're going to fit. Yeah. 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 Well, I told someone the other day about um, if gathering um, one thing that I noticed and I loved so much about this year is there were a lot of people on the main stage that I had never heard of. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We, we really tried to bring in all different types of people doing discipleship. That was what we talked a lot about. And, and, you know, so many women are doing that in unique ways. And it was so cool just to have, you know, soccer coaches and, and Mm -hmm. moms and, you know, teachers and people doing it in their places, just, you know, wherever they are, it was so encouraging. That was my, that was one of my favorite panels when you had the, the group up there, the six people, um, like that had been discipling and then they had the person that they've been kind of walking under and it was just really encouraging. And I think what it did for everyone in that room and everyone probably watching is saying, you know, it's super encouraging when we hear from um, people that we might know, or they might be authors or speakers. That's always encouraging. I'm never like negating that at all, but as someone watching, you know, and in their living room by themselves, and then they see this woman who has the same kind of career, whether that may be a mom or a coach or a teacher that she does and sees the impact that she has. I thought that was, was one of my favorite moments, Jenny. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Okay. So we spent a weekend at If Gathering. Um, you also released a book the exact week. Am I right? <laughs> it was, it was a few days before. I mean, can we just oh, do more things in I one know. week? I know. I kind of <laughs> just thought I'd close my eyes and <laughs> you did. You just held on to the ride, but the you, wall. Yeah. you you did. You released um, a new book, Nothing to Prove. Yeah. Um, which I um, told you a couple of weeks ago that uh, two things about it I already know is that I love the cover and that's a big thing for me. Um, and that I started reading it and started crying immediately because it was just speaking to something I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. So um, what was what was the reason behind you writing this book? Every book has kind of this purpose and meaning. What was that for you? Well, for me, I think this was the thing, the demon I fought is just resting in God's sufficiency. I I think I had always heard that preached and even went to seminary and pretty sure I took a whole class on it, but (laughs) it didn't, it didn't really change my everyday. And I wanted to figure out why, and I wanted to rest. I wanted to enjoy my life and still do the things God had called me to, but not feel like it was so urgent and scary and nerve wracking. And I, and I Mm. do feel like that's one. Another reason this was my favorite if is I just feel like God has shown me so much about walking in step with him and enjoying his provision rather than trying to muster up everything I need every day on my own. Mm. That's free. You find freedom in that. Yes. It's been yeah. very, very freeing. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'll have the link on my webpage of where you can get it. Um, but I highly encourage you guys to check that out. And then we spent last weekend at the same conference together where you were a guest as a panel and, and we were both there soaking up every single ounce that we could get from a conference that Beth Moore put on um, called lit. And it was for women in their twenties and thirties who feel as though they have a calling on their life to teach, proclaim, write, speak, all those type of things. Um, And I'm telling you it, it was one of the best things I've sat under in a long time. It's true. Yeah. I was on the floor sprawled out taking notes because I could not figure out how to hold my Bible, follow along because she's in so much scripture and <laughs> take yes. the pages and pages of notes I was doing. It was so good. Yes. Oh, it was what so good. I, I felt as though Beth kind of, you know, it's like she brought in 750 of us super close to us. And it's like she was holding our faces, whispering the secrets to 
doing whatever it is we might want to do. And I felt as a, after, after a whole day of teaching, it just came down to love Jesus more than, than, than you ever have more every single day and yes. never neglect his word. That, yes. that, that's what I left with. And how elementary is that? Oh, but it was mind shattering. So yes. It was so good. It was, it was, uh, I do. I feel like this is, this is life. This is it. And I think that's one reason God has just had so much favor on her life and, and caused her to, you know, prosper in ministry for this many years, because it's obvious she genuinely loves Jesus more than anything mm. on earth. And yep. that Bible is, it's beautiful. And that Bible. Yep. I know. And it's interesting when you said you were taking notes because she was in the scripture. She was literally, it was almost, um, it wasn't a, a Bible teaching event. I, I guess we could kind of say it was really like a, a teaching, teaching event. But she, I have scripture all over my notes. Yeah. Like all over my notes. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, it was so fabulous. So that was fun. Um, okay. Let's jump into our questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, Jenny, what is something that you have read or watched or heard that you cannot stop recommending to people these days? Well, I'm in the middle of Grit. And oh, the book? Yeah. Is that the one she referenced from stage? She had, she did reference it. I was so happy that she referenced it because it really, I, I felt the same way reading it that Beth, Beth talked about it. It, it. it could be a biblical book. I mean, it's just so powerful about perseverance and about not giving up. I read um, something Brene Brown wrote and I can't remember which one of her books about the long, dark middle and with mm-hmm. if gathering and writing and everything that I've been doing, you know, it's only year four, but I definitely feel like I'm in the long, dark middle. It's too, you know, I yeah. can't, I can't go back. Um, the shore's too far behind me, but I don't know when I get to land, you know, I'm just on the mm. long, dark ocean. And, and, and so what do you do in that? Are you going to keep going? Are you going to plunge into the, the ocean and sink? And, and I just feel like grit has, been so timely for me. And just this idea of it isn't, you know, the most gifted, it isn't the most talented people that usually succeed that the number one indicator of success for all people doing anything is that they don't quit and Mm -hmm. that there is determination and and grit in them. And, and I'm a big wimp, you know, (laughs) I just, I like life to be comfortable and life to be easy. And God has not you know, called me to, to comfort. He's called Mm. all of us, I believe out on the ocean. And, and for me, you know, it just seems like sometimes the waves are getting the best of me. And, and, and so what does it look like to keep going? What does it look like to, to not quit? Because it gets difficult when you don't believe God is calling you to quit. Mm. Yeah. I, when she referenced that book, I want to, I wanted to pick it up because, um, I feel like a lot of times, you know, when we're talking about ministry and sometimes people feel as though, well, it shouldn't take a lot of work. Um, and I just think that's ludicrous. Like anything worth doing takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort. And, you know, I mean, I remember when we first moved here to Austin, Jenny, people would be like, Hey, they would call Aaron and be like, Hey, how do, how do we do what you do? Like, how do we lead worship and do all these things? And he's, and you know, now when someone says that to him, he's like, well, I've been doing this for 17 years. Like I used to lead worship for no money at no churches. You know what I mean? And it's, and I just was this little bitty band traveling around doing our thing, following Jesus, but it took a lot of work. And so I, I greatly appreciated when she talked about that and even hearing you talk about, you know, that it takes a lot of effort and work towards make something happen. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a, this is a word we don't like as a generation uh, discipline, but mm-hmm. it is, it is a word that we've got to learn or we will not succeed at anything. Yeah. And, and I do believe that 
that it is biblical word and, and we do need to lean in and structure, you know, time with Jesus if we're going to love him. And, and yes, anything we do for him, it requires a lot of things that nobody's going to see and nobody's going to cheer. And, and sometimes honestly is, is just flat miserable. You know, (laughs) I feel like Mm -hmm. I've probably chosen more conflict in my life than most humans just because of the nature of what I do. And, Mm -hmm. and yet that conflict has, has caused me to be more humble. It's caused me to, um, learn so much about other people and, and what it means to, to love people that are different than you and that, that see things different than you. And so there's so much good that's come out of all of it, but it is, it is a choice to keep leaning into the discomfort, even though, um, you don't want to. Yeah. Cause sometimes we'd rather just not. Yeah. That's easy. That's easier. Yeah. Um, are you, are you watching anything these days? Well, you know, the last show, I mean, if gathering and, and the book and I've just been busy and, and home with kids usually. So I've tried to cut out Netflix. That's one of the things I talk a lot about, uh-huh. <laughs> about in the book, um, or at least cut down on it. So the last show that I really watched was the crown. Oh yes. I loved it. Oh, wasn't it just amazing? It was so good. I hurt my back a couple months ago. And so literally it was like on the couch for four days and I just watched the whole thing and yeah. it was so good. Oh, I mean, yeah. The only thing I that's bad is we have to wait so long for another one to come out and I know. whatever. I recommend it. That was good. Yeah. It was incredible. So. Oh, okay. Jenny, um, we're going to switch gears here in just a minute, but what is your favorite meal of the day? Oh, okay. Well, I, <laughs> I'm going to go with my favorite drink of the day. Um, oh. well, I know. <laughs> I know. It is called happy hour. Um, yes, yes, it is the happy hour. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, I I just got a little espresso machine for Christmas for my husband. Oh, yeah. And I can't even tell you how much I look forward to coffee now. And it just makes me so happy. And some mornings my husband's home and even makes it for me. So that Aww. is oftentimes my breakfast. I usually don't eat a big breakfast, but I will say it's the thing that I wake up thinking about and I absolutely love. So that doesn't really count. Have you seen these new things? Like I, I've heard of people for a while putting like some kind of special butter or something in their coffee. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Have you seen it's, these new called, coffee bombs? Like, yeah. 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 It sounds disgusting. And it's, yes. it's like the most fattening thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> but I bet it's but awesome. It's like they'll say it's good it. fat. Yes. Yeah. So there's these new thing and I've seen, I've seen people Instagram them here in Austin stores. I, I think it's an Austin company. I don't know if they're anywhere else, but they're called coffee bombs and you put it in your coffee and either blend it or shake it up. And it makes, it creates that for you, which is supposed to keep you full and give you good fats and all kinds and of stuff. And what you want to bet it costs $8 a cup. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yes. It's like that. Have you been to Lush? No. Have you, you haven't heard about the bath bombs? Jamie, are you kidding? No. Oh my goodness. Did you my say bath bombs? don't have teenage girls yet. Story's not there yet. Okay, no. But my girls, it is their number one favorite thing right now. And it is, I'm not kidding. It is a big fat ball of I don't know what that you put in your bath and it turns it a color and it fizzes and it smells really good. But Jamie, they cost like $9 a piece. And I'm oh, talking word. one bath. Like you put this big thing in and it, it's one bath for $9. I'm sorry. There is no bath that is worth $9. No. And then if you do it once a week, it's like 40 bucks. That's crazy. No. So yes, I uh, lush, 
Lush, you need to check okay. it out. I mean, or don't. <laughs> or don't. don't Maybe it'll be a special thing for story. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, Jenny, if you could go back and tell your, let's do your 30-year-old self, because that's you're just 10 years out from that. What would you tell your 30-year-old self? Oh, girl, chill out. <laughs> you got to chill out. Mm. I was so... Um, Oh, I just had every kind of angst. I had the angst of I'm not doing enough. I had the angst of I'm doing too much. I had the angst of, you know, I've, I've got to do something big. I had the angst of I can't do anything big because that would be distracting. Mm -hmm. And there was just, I, I could not land on what it was to obey God, what it was to live at peace with myself, with my roles, with my calling. And now I look back and I think, oh, that's just so exhausting. But I think I had to go through that. I certainly mm, wouldn't. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Look. I mean, I, I think part of what God does with all of us as we communicate is, is he takes us through seasons <laughs> that have themes <laughs> mm -hmm. that, that where we have to wrestle down our demons. And, and for me, I did have a demon of approval and I had an and, and what that meant for different people was different things. So if I wanted to please my parents, they had a set of expectations, but my friends mm -hmm. or people that I ministered to had a different set of expectations. Of course, my husband had one. And mm -hmm. of course I had and your kids even, you, yeah. I mean, your kids even have expectations. Certainly Valentine's yeah. day this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I forgot the Valentine's Jamie. Uh, oh, well I had to well, run up there late after, <laughs> after drop off. <laughs> Well, I was out of town this weekend and I left Aaron specific instructions to buy Valentine's and all of my kids' teachers are getting the most ginormous box of chocolates that I know they're going to throw away because you just can't get 30 boxes of chocolates and enjoy them. It cracked me up when I came home, but he was like, we just did it. We got, we got it taken care of. I mean, you know, he's not normal. I saw what he cooked you on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, he likes to cook and he knows the way to my heart yeah. is, um, eggs in the morning for breakfast that's, so yes he's a man and oh. on valentine's day is actually uh 16 years ago he asked me to marry him oh well that is a big i know day. hey it's a it's a sweet gotta, day yeah he's gotta he's gotta go all out for that um okay so chill out oh man i hear you um jenny what's some advice you love to give out well you know lately it has been to my team my the people that work with me at if mm -hmm. I've been mm -hmm. telling them to quit being executors and start being leaders. And it's not that they aren't leaders. It's that potential is all over them. But for some of them, I think that they've started to view their role as I need to get the job done rather than I need to make disciples as I'm going. I need to not be afraid of, of where I feel like the spirit's leading me. I really believe most of discipleship is releasing other people to make disciples and to lead. Mm. And so mm -hmm. often I think we try to control it and we, we set markers and we define it so clearly that people never learn to follow the spirit on their own or to trust God to wade out onto the water by themselves, you know? And I think mm -hmm. I'm watching my girls do that more and more as they take risks and, and really trust the leadership that's within them rather than just looking to, you know, people above them for what they're supposed to be doing. And it's so rewarding because we've gotten to see a lot of our interns head out into the world. And a lot of them came back this past if, and, and it was just so fun talking to several of them and hearing what they're doing and how they're leading and the unique ways God's gifted them. And I just think if we could just honestly 
push people that we're investing in off the cliff, you know, just get them out on the water themselves. You can't believe what people are capable of, but Mm -hmm. so much of it is just trusting people and releasing them to do what God's called them to do. Mm, I love that. And you know what? I I know that you're doing that because I remember even seeing something um, with one of your, one of the people that works on your staff um, after if gathering um, posted online. And it basically just said something as in, you know, we're turning from executors into leaders. And so I know that you're doing that because I I even heard them talking about that. Um, And I think that's good. And I I love how if gathering was so focused on discipleship this year. And it seems like it's been just an overflow of what God's been doing um, in your world and in in your team over there as well. So love that. Yeah. Um, Jenny, if you could live anywhere next year and let's take out all of the like dynamics of, you know, it's, is Connor a senior? Oh yeah, He'll, he's going to be a senior. So we okay, got so senior. junior. So you got yeah. one more year. Take out all the dynamics of you know kids and all these things. If it was just like dream world, <laughs> where would Jenny live oh. for the next year? Well, you know, we did something crazy this past Christmas, and we three weeks before decided to go to our friend's little flat that they had in Paris, and then ended up once we were over there going to several countries around Europe, and. It was, it was the craziest, you know, I've got this kid that's going to go to college soon and you realize like how fast it goes. And it's something we've wanted to do all of our life with our kids. But of course it's never convenient nor affordable to do Uh that. So, Uh um, it just, I just praise God that it worked out. But what happened over there was I felt completely in love, not just with the countries and what we saw, but the way everybody lived over there. Uh And one of the comments somebody made on my Instagram about it, when I talked about how everybody eats well, everybody relaxes well, everybody takes tea time, you know, and Uh and they really do go at a different pace than America. And one of the comments somebody put on my Instagram was, it's because they were world, they were superpowers at one time that they no longer are the same place in the world that they were a lot of these countries. And it's almost like they're over it, like an old man that just he's already conquered the world. I'm just resigning to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to live the rest of life well. Yeah. I've had the power and it's not that great. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I thought, oh, like it, it sank into my bones, you know, that, that yes, we do need to spend our days to the glory of God, but we can do that by, you know, chilling out a little bit. Like we don't need to, um, try to do everything this year. You know, we can Mm -hmm make choices that slow us down. So I'd have to pick probably Italy in the middle of nowhere with my family, um, eating well every day mm. and taking a nap, you know, in the afternoon, <laughs> just it's with such an awesome, awesome oh. way to live. Well, um, we were in Spain over the holidays right after you guys were on your trip. Um, and so I had watched you and I was like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, and I told Aaron <laughs> halfway through Jenny, I said, do you think maybe you could like come over here and work for a year? I don't know how yeah. that would work out, but just anything. We'll follow you um, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've got, yes. Yes. We just work for one year. Yeah. Um, but I was like you, I enjoyed the the slower pace and the, the eating and the eating late and the napping and yeah, all kinds of stuff. So it's kind of like, how do we find that balance between the grit and the relaxation, you know, well, it's but it's there. You know, this, this coming year, I'm going to take a lot of time off because it's Connor's senior year and it's time. I've just, I've worked too hard for too many years and, and I just feel like I need to pull back. And so I'm going to pull back from speaking and traveling a lot. And, and what, 
I felt is this, at first I felt, you know, I felt like it was clear. Like I did not feel a piece about every speaking event coming my way. I just felt so clearly I should not accept them. And then all of a sudden I had this pretty much blocked year. And, Mm -hmm. and then I started feeling guilt thinking, Oh gosh, like I'm not, I care about the mission of God and I want to build the kingdom. And, and certainly I can do that through writing and leading if, and, and being on the ground here. But is that, you know, am I, am I missing something that God's called me to build or do? And I realized that one, I've got to believe what I preach, which is that I am on full-time mission right here where I am Mm -hmm. with the people around me, with my kids, with the neighbors we have, with the relationships we have in town. And it's just, I'm going to pull in and minister here better. And, and I'm not taking a sabbatical as much as I am just focusing on ministry life here in our church. Mm -hmm. We go to the same Mm -hmm. church and, Mm -hmm. and I just, I want to invest local for a little while and then we'll see like what else God has if I'm supposed to go back on the road or not. But I do feel like rest and a different pace is glorifying to God in every way. Mm -hmm. If I can, if that, if that's obedience for you. And again, Mm -hmm. I I might be back out on the road again after that, that season. Uh, but I, I have had to wrestle down that feeling of this is just me being, you know, lazy or (laughs) or right. So, yeah. And I think that that is just, it's another one of those things where it even goes along with your book of just nothing to prove is it's another one of those things that is so personal that it is just a decision that Jenny could make, you know, and, and and Zach and your family, um, and not, it doesn't have to equate to like, I'm taking a sabbatical or I'm not doing it. It's just, this is with the season. It's just what this season looks like. And I think like you were saying, sometimes as women, we're just like, what does that mean? Right. It just means you're going to slow down a little bit and, and focus in home. Like, but that's sometimes hard, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I mean, I, hello. Feel like, yes, I need yeah. to chill out again. At <laughs> yeah. my 40s. Yes, um, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh. Enjoy it. But yeah, I do. I do think there's, you're right. There are seasons and there's no doubt there's biblical mandate for rest. And, mm-hmm. and I love it. Like even in the old Testament, he would say on the seventh year, you know, let the ground rest, like take a mm-hmm. year off. And, yeah. and it's about that from when everything started in my brain, even if it, it mm-hmm. if it didn't start till about five, four years ago, yeah. um, you know, the, the underground working of it had started about seven years ago. So yeah, yeah, you're due time. Yeah. Your time. Um, okay. This is not a question on here, but I just thought just from conversations that you have, have had in the past, and I thought this would be an interesting question. Uh, for people that might be listening to you, what do you say when someone, uh, which I'm sure this question does come to you often, what do you say to someone who is a woman who is feeling like God's called her life um, to maybe some kind of uh, writing or speaking or teaching? Uh, what is some advice that you give her? To be faithful with the work and not to decide if it's successful by the numbers that read it. Mm. And I I do think that all of us will ebb and flow in our reach. You know, there's certain times when we are reaching more people and and then it'll, it will ebb. And I think if we set our eyes on metrics that the world values and sees, we're going to be really disappointed because even if we, first of all, the the marker always changes. So Mm -hmm. as soon as you think that, Oh gosh, if I just had 1000 people that read my blog, that would feel like success. But the truth mm-hmm. is once you get to a thousand, 
you're looking around and realizing, no, what I really would, would love to get to is 10,000, you know, <laughs> right, and, right. and you'll always add zeros. And, and so you can do that, but it's going to be so exhausting and you'll never enjoy the work. What I've found is if, if I can enjoy what God has gifted me to do and keep my head down and not look around and compare and just enjoy the work and, and a minister who, to who's in front of me and whoever God's given me, whatever number that is. I find that I won, no matter, even if it gets bigger than I wish it would, then there's a piece of, I'm not, I'm not analyzing that. I'm just ministering to the women who are in front of me. And, Mm -hmm. and so it all feels a little pretend if, if you play the numbers game. And if you just look in people's eyes or hear people's hearts and what they look for and need, it's really rewarding, no matter how many people it is, even if it's one. And I know that sounds cliche and lame, but truthfully, I, I find that sometimes it's one comment after if gathering that sticks with me that I'll remember years from now Mm. that meant something to me. And I think, gosh, if it was, if it was only for that person, that would have been rewarding and, Mm. and it would matter. Yeah. Well, to quote you from a recent Instagram post, you you were talking about kind of this thing about you, you said, you know, your agent called to tell you didn't make this certain list. Um, and, and you said this, which was so I mean, my Aaron saw it before I did. And he was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. I have to text Jenny right now. Oh. Um, you said um, what is real people you are blessed to do that work with God who gave you the gift of work and people and purpose and mostly just himself. And then you said this. Don't live your life waiting to arrive. Um, and I think that goes to what you were just saying is don't constantly do ministry or work or parent or marriage or whatever it is, hope, waiting to get to the certain point. Yeah. Because um, it's exhausting. You miss it. And then even when mm-hmm. you get it, because I have been blessed to reach past goals I would have ever set, you know, in some mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can tell you there's not more fulfillment in it. If anything, you know, that living room that I ministered to for 10 years or more of girls is even more rewarding because they were in my life and I saw them every day. And, and Mm. it was just, you know, I knew all of them and I knew their kids. So in some ways you've got to be careful that the very thing you're chasing might be less rewarding. Now it may be obedient and that's how I feel right now. This is still obedience Mm -hmm. for me to lead if, and to write and even to speak. But I, I don't feel like it's more rewarding necessarily. And I think we need to be careful to not miss some of the best parts. That's really good because I like what you're saying because you, you're still you could still even surpass your goals. Yeah, but the reward is still in front of you even just in when you're being obedient, no matter what that looks like. Well, and I think in that post too, I said something about monopoly money, like it's all for ten. Uh-huh, yeah, you did. <laughs> and and I think that I mean that's so what it feels like. So when you get it, when you chase it, you need to realize it's monopoly money. And when you right. get it, you need to realize it's good for nothing. I mean, it's good for five mm. seconds of like a pat on the back and great job, you know, and then everybody moves on. Everybody I mean, moves on and you do no, too. <laughs> you don't know who was on the New York Times selling last week. That's I don't right. either. Right. You know, who knows? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so good. Well, Jenny, you are always um, a joy to have on the show and I'm glad we get to be friends in real life. Um, thank you for joining me on the happy half hour. Loved it. Thanks, Jamie. Hey, have fun. Cause you're starting your tour. Oh, yeah. In fact, I think you started yesterday on Thursday, yeah, am I right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yes, it's just absolutely the craziest adventure in the whole wide world. <laughs> us on a bus, Jessica Honiger. Can you even believe it? Next time I you're coming so with us. I am so excited. I just am so excited. I need y'all to text me like the unseen moments. I will. I need, I need, I need to know what's happening on a bus. I absolutely um, That is hilarious. Will. Yeah. Hey, and guys, if you did not listen to this past Wednesday's episode, it is a friend of both mine and Jenny's, um, Julie Manning. Uh, was on the show on Wednesday and um, her story is just 
um, a phenomenal story of just peace and joy and hope in the midst of suffering and sorrow. And so um, I always say to the listeners, you may not be relating to Julie at this moment, but you've either been through it or you're about to hit it. So take note. And then next week, my guest is Rebecca Lyons. And so, guys, thanks for listening to The Happy Hour. 